Welcome to the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast, the show that helps you to become financially free so you can spend more time with your family, traveling and pursuing your passions. And today we're with Mary Cullen talking about how she bought a palace. That's amazing. <laughs> Very curious. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mary. Um, so let's tell you a bit about Mary. Um, so she's a property investor. Uh, she's an international award-winning villa developer and an interior designer. And I've seen some of her designs look awesome. Uh, she's got she's a portfolio builder in the UK, um, covering single lets, HMOs, commercial 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 conversions. That's the one. Get my teeth in right um, to apartments and also holiday lets as well. Uh, she's a property mentor. She's a speaker. Um, and she's creator of the Property Conscious Movement. So we'll have a chat about that later as well. And what on earth is that? So welcome, Mary. Hi. Well, wow, that, that, that woman sounds amazing. I must meet her all the time. It's, it's great, great to have you here. Um, Thank and, you so much. You know, I've heard a bit about your, your story and I uh, just wanted to, you know, let's go back to the kind of the beginning um and where you were you were thinking about getting into property and what was that turning point and that that made you decide to leave the uk so something quite brave to do um and you have you had kids at the, oh no you didn't have kids at the time did you no um yeah i mean basically it was 2005 2006 around about then i had uh i'd worked in the city i'd had the corporate job um, I had travelled a lot as well, actually, and I'd started my own kind of jewellery business, and um, I was doing seven days a week at that, mm-hmm. and I'd been working at that solidly for four years, right. and um, it was a constant issue of cash flow, and I've always had a love of property, especially historical property. I grew up in Ireland. Um, my mother used to clean stately homes. Ooh, and I, was, I know. <laughs> and um, I would go along pretending I was going to help her out, but normally I would just sashay down like the banisters and like hang out in, in supermodel bedrooms. And, you know, I think that's where my love of property started. And I'd obviously pretend I owned the house as I walked <laughs> around. <laughs> And uh, I did no work. So, um, so yeah, I, I love property. I always have and design and what have you. And I did, um, I did try in the UK to get into property. And at that time, um, there was, you know, it's like it is now, 20, 30 people arriving at viewings. Um, you know, state agents have the look of black book. So, you know, I, I just didn't seem to be able to get any traction. So the extent of my property development was... Um, buying like a buy to let and putting down a floor which was a disaster and then um, selling it but I, you know I made some profit but only because it had gone up in market value it wasn't that I had done anything particularly amazing yeah. and um, I was watching the program which was um, the next hot spot right. uh, to buy abroad and everybody was buying abroad then there was property overseas shows and everyone had an apartment in Romania or <laughs> Turkey or you know everybody seemed yeah. to be buying it I, I'm Irish I back to Ireland and my cousins would say oh I've got a property in Poland or you know they'd never been there they didn't know what it was like so um, I started watching this show and then a few times I jumped on the plane to go to the place they said was the hot spot and when you got there it wasn't a hot spot Um, it was already (laughs) 
<laughs> it was already done. So my big idea was I would find the hot spot before anyone knew it was a hot spot. Mm-hmm. And then like only fools and horses, I would like make millions and I would just live the dream. <laughs> and um, that was the plan. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what I've done, basically. Yeah. So, um, so you decided was it was Mon- Montenegro? Was that the first place that you decided to go and, and what, no, what, 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 no. What oh right, okay. So um, I was with my partner then. So we uh, had two backpacks. We headed off. Um, I managed to get someone to run the jewelry business for a month, and we just headed off around Europe, Bratislava, all around, all the way down into Croatia. Wow. All quite expensive, yeah, prices. And um, I'd also been over to Cyprus. So I checked out these places. Um, I absolutely used to, I love trekking and mm-hmm. outdoors, and I saw a, a photograph of Montenegro. Montenegro mm-hmm. means black mountains. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, let's just pop over the border into Montenegro um, from Croatia just mm-hmm. for the scenery. Mm-hmm. And because um, it had been closed off, don't forget that there was the, 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 the war there and it had gone through sanctions, and um, it had been closed off for a good 15 to, to 17 years, really. Wow. So, yeah, so when we actually went in there, went across the border, um, everybody was speaking German because they were used to a lot of German tourism. Mm-hmm. And actually, they used a euro, even though they weren't in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, went into a place called Cotter Bay. Um, it's a UNESCO protected place. It's the only fjords in southern Europe. It's stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, immediately knew this this place is going to boom. Yeah. But at the time, there was there was nobody in there. All the cars were at least 20 years old. Um, there was no real tourism apart from domestic tourism. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, you could see already tourism had come back massively into Croatia. Yeah. But obviously because of sanctions um, and there wasn't even much food in the shops. And so time had stood still, really. Yeah. So you could just tell. It, it was going to definitely boom this place. Right. So that that was it. That was the that was the discovery. Yeah. So so what did what did you do next? Um, well, then that was two thousand six. Uh, so I was like, well, yeah, this is it. Basically, this is this is the place. And went back to the UK and um, moved within eight weeks. Wow. Over to Montenegro. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's no messing around. Um, this is B- BC before children when we're yes. flexible and spontaneous. It's obviously all been out the window lately. Yeah. Um, although I do feel like disappearing some days. So, um, so yeah. So we yeah basically took um, the jeep down there, drove across the border. It was incredibly friendly, and immediately started looking at property. Didn't particularly have a lot of money, um, but when we did go with the backpacks that summer two thousand and six, um, I was walking by the water's edge, and I looked up and saw this palace. And it was just beautiful, but it was kind of derelict, ruined. And I just had this thought, can you imagine what it would feel like to own that? Mm. That was the thought. I closed my eyes and I had that thought. And um, actually, that was like the second thing that we bought there. So I went from not being able to put a floor down in the UK to literally <laughs> owning a ruined, not ruined, but, you know, needed major works to it, um, palace. So how, how did you, you know, how, how did you finance it? How, you know, how much was it and how much did it cost to develop yeah. it? And um, all those kinds well, of things. Well, yeah, at the time, um, 
I was just in an estate agent, so by now we knew everybody. Like within a week, you knew everybody in this area. Mm-hmm. And there was probably, we call them frontiers, there's probably about 10 of us in terms of foreigners in there buying or living there. Yeah. And um, that was it, basically. And some Russians as well, because it's only a three-hour flight um, from Moscow. Mm-hmm. So um, so there was hardly any anybody in there buying. And um, things were starting to kind of happen. And so, um, yeah, we just... Um, just saw it on a on a thing asked about it and they said oh no it's sold and i had a thought i'm like no i i have to get that i have to own it i've had a few gut instincts in my life few i've ignored which i to my peril and a few (laughs) i've gone with we've all done that right and um, i just knew i should have it but it was three hundred forty thousand euros and i think I don't know what we had at the time, maybe 50,000 euros. Yeah. So, um, Tris, my partner, I said, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're going to buy it. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, have you lost <laughs> your mind? So we, I said, right, I want to see the owners. So I went and met the, the sister, actually the two old ladies owned it and their great grandfather had built it. It was a Venetian palace and it was white cultural stone. And he was a massive sea captain. So they built these palaces all around the bay. So um, this was his, he built it for his family. So they were living in Croatia. So I went to their daughter and said, I really feel I'm meant to own this property. (laughs) And they're like, okay. And they're like, well, someone is actually buying it. I said, yes, but have the contracts been done? Have they signed? They said, no, no, they're being a bit slow. I said, okay, well, we're going to buy it. And we left. And I remember thinking, how am I going to, like, how am I going to do that? And then um, literally just... I don't know. Sometimes when you put out the intention, mm. it comes, doesn't it? Yeah. And so um, I raised the 340,000 euros oh, wow. <laughs> through family and friends and another investor. Mm-hmm. And um, literally by then there was eight people interested in the palace. There was quite a few Russians trying to buy it. And I was trying to hang on in there and yeah. keep... And the reason I got the palace was because of the relationship. And this is a huge part of property. We know this. Yeah. was the relationship... I had built with the with these people, with this yeah. family, the Milosevic family. So they were like, well, we want you to have it too. And then the price went up a bit because mm. people were, you know. Yeah. And so I said, no, I will be, but we were definitely going to be buying it. I wasn't even sleeping at night at this point. Mm. I'm like, oh, my no. God. And mm. how am I going to renovate? I've got no money for renovation. <laughs> not like it's like more refurb, is it? Yeah. So... Mm, so yeah, just continued basically, and then um, just the, don't know, just just managed to pull it off. Mm. I would say um, it was pretty hairy because all the money came to the bank, and back then they only had ten euro notes. So we ended up taking all the cash out. They only wanted cash. Wow. <laughs> 10 euro notes in two plastic bags and it's quite mafia controlled country and wow. walking down to the to the courthouse with all this money in in bags i'm thinking oh maybe we should have got security or something there's only wow, two of us scary. what if someone takes the bag <laughs> it was just like a carrier bag from the from like the supermarket yeah got to the thing and the whole family is there there's about 20 family members and the old ladies have come from thing because everybody has to sign on the same time and blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. And they saw us and they said, "No, no, no, we, we're not selling to you. You're not prestigious enough. Who are you? You look oh, like no. children. 
where is your parents? Where have you got this money from? Who, like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, oh my God, how do I get over this one? So my lawyer was this woman called Morella. She was a powerhouse. She was from, from the area. Mm. She was dressed from head to toe in red. She just used to wear block colors. She was all in red that day. Yeah. And she talked 100 miles an hour to them saying, no, these are the right people. You need to, like in their language, you need to yeah. sell it to them. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And the ladies came over to me, the old ladies, and she translated and they said, we will sell it to you if you keep it as one house um, because everyone else is going to chop it up. And I said, yeah, I'm my word. I am my word. Okay. And we went in and we signed and we came out and we went to this little cafe and they counted out all the money into all the different bundles (laughs) and everybody got their bit of money and they were crying because they'd sold their family heritage and um, I just remember getting into our jeep driving to the front of the palace and looking up and going what have I done? (laughs) 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 what have I done? like we just literally you know she's just bought a palace like just couldn't stop staring at it. couldn't get in the door because it was all overgrown mm. and next there was like this rumble this earth rumble because it's an earthquake zone and the whole back gable end of the palace fell in I, and then Whoa. all the dust came wow. and I was like oh my god is that an omen is that a like what have I done like this is like, <laughs> was this a good idea <laughs> but you signed by that point so you were in yeah because the actual thing of getting it kind of got rid of all my doubt mm. and also um now I was like full of doubt mm. um and then also in the town and villages we when we first went there we'd come and we stayed in in someone's house for two euros a night mm. and now they're all going you know those two who turned up with backpacks they've only gone and bought like the palace down the road and it, everybody was just like who, who are you two are you money laundering you know you know it's just honestly it I just never forget that time. I never forget that feeling. I never forget seeing our names, Palace Milosevic, and your name next to it. And I just mm. thought, I'm never going to have this moment in time again. Yeah. And wow. um, I do say in life, everyone should buy a palace, which is everyone should take that leap of fate and do something just completely out of your comfort zone that you think you can never achieve because you, you're you never going to forget that, really. So, yeah, that's that's what happened in in total you know what did you do in terms of all the works that you did to it and um you know what does the what does the glory look like at the end okay uh well it was a historical listed building so i had to get permission to renovate it um i came up against a lot of adversity because a foreigner had bought a piece of heritage really and so that took around a year to get the the planning through even though it existed I had to prove that it had been built right yeah I know (laughs) 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 nothing quite like Montenegrin law so um and there was a lot of a lot of complaints from there you know nothing was going to change but um again I had to get permission it was all going okay I was about to start and then we got hit with 2008, the massive financial crash. Yeah. And um, what happened then was the um, the extra funds raised didn't happen. Yeah. Um, all the money got pulled. 
Um, it was a really difficult time. And I ended up doing all the grey phase, which was like the floors. The Actually, because it had no floors in it. Right. Um, they'd all fallen in. They'd all fallen down. Wow. So I managed to get all the grey phase work done to a certain point, And then it needed probably another... I, I think... It, it needed like another three to four hundred thousand put put into it really, yeah. and um, it came. It was two thousand and ten at this point. I'd had um, I had two children now as well, mm-hmm. and um, I was still pushing through. It was incredibly difficult country to get anything done, and if you're not willing to pay bribes, which I wasn't willing to do, mm-hmm. and so everything was taken. So I sold it on to a Russian oligarch um, in two thousand and ten. He put. A million pounds into it wow. and um he also in the contract was the provisor that he would keep it as one residence yeah. which he did because i i made a promise mm-hmm. and um today it's back to it's, it's just so beautiful it's completely restored and um yeah i'm that's part of my property conscious <laughs> part of me as well is that you know i'm just so happy and also the family were very happy in the end that it, it was restored to its former glory yeah. and honored their heritage so so yeah so that Brilliant. that was the palace i didn't unfortunately get to keep it or <laughs> completely how I wanted to but I knew it needed a, and that's because of the crash I knew it needed a huge amount of money to, you can't just do a normal refab on it let's be honest you can't no. go to Howden <laughs> <then. laughs> <laughs> so yeah it, it, there's so much gold in there it's just just beautiful but yeah. presumably so, you, you made an uplift whilst you were doing that you sold it on for more than you bought it for yeah yeah sold it for uh, 980,000 oh okay so you you know even holding it for that yeah. period although it was very stressful and I'm sure you spent yeah. a lot of money on the finance and yeah. some of the refurbing yeah. it yeah. was worth doing in the end yeah and also obviously we paid back all the investors uh, and paid them back um you know interest as well and 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 to be able to do that at that time was on head of people had just lost everything so um so yeah i'm really pleased you actually managed to come out of that but again i feel it's because if you buy a good product it's frontline you know i love frontline it's it's my passion frontline you can't go wrong basically no one's building in front of you and it will hold it will hold out through any up or down and that was the biggest property crash we've ever had in history so and obviously financial crash so yeah so if i had it bought not well i think we wouldn't have come out of it if you see what i mean but yeah it you know didn't come out financially how i thought we would but um i just the learnings were huge the feeling was incredible and it's something i'll never forget and actually my son was getting bullied at school last year or the year before and um, I always say to my son, "You'll find bullies in life. You just got to stand up to them and have have your words." And bullies started saying stuff about me, and I'm like, "Right." And then he said to them, "Oh, <laughs> my mom." Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, that's different, right?" And I'm like, "Oh," he said, "Oh, my mom. My mom used to own a palace, and that's why he was getting bullied because they thought he was lying." Oh, so, yeah. Oh, I have to show him a picture. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. standing <laughs> outside, go go with the keys. Yeah, <laughs> we won for Facebook, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> So, yeah, so this exactly. wasn't this wasn't the last property that you did um, over there. What no. else did you do? What other kind of developments? Got into buying land, building luxury villas, mm-hmm. uh, which was I know. I've, by the way, I've no experience. You know, I've never done an interior design or an architectural 
course in my life I just have a natural ability to be able to design in my head and get it down and get the, the people I need to tick the boxes and such so um, I felt uh, the market needed luxury villas single luxury villas lots and lots of now the place was booming there was queues yeah. around the corner buying there was five star resorts going in or the super yacht super yacht the biggest mm-hmm. super yacht marina in in uh, in the Adriatic was being built at the same time, Porto Montenegro. Yeah. Um, if you go in there now, it's seven seven euros for a coffee in that place. Whereas you know, yeah. it was like twenty cents when I went there. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was changing rapidly, and so I wanted to design unique one-off villas, yeah. uh, which is what I went into next. And um, again, I, my very last project there. Um, which I won some awards for. Uh, I've sold that to um, the Russians, mm-hmm. but I had major, major problems because the more successful I became, the more of a target I became, I feel. Right. Also, as a, a woman on site, uh, which is completely on head of there, they used mm-hmm. to think I'd, turn, I'd turned up to deliver the lunch. They're like, yeah. who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> like, no, this is, this is my project. Yeah. Um, so it took a lot to win the respect on site, and um, I did refuse to pay bribes for the paperwork side. was really difficult, yeah. right. and um, also to the point, um, my last project, I really got done in by the mafia, who were also doing a project next to me. Right. Well, they weren't originally, but then they were, and I you know, turned up in the morning, and they dug up the entire road. They oh. wouldn't sell me. They owned the electric and water station, and they wouldn't... Um, they wouldn't sell me the rights for electrical water. Yeah. Um, it, it just went on. So the project should have taken a year. It took three and a half years. Um, I got beat. I got beaten up on site. Um, wow. I got. Yeah, I. It, it. I would say it broke me in a lot of ways because um, I just always had this. You know, I just used to think. I suppose when you go somewhere, you just don't see what's going to happen or what's there, really. Yeah. And as much as the people are there are wonderful and lovely, it's all, it was also used to quite a black market and it was used to quite a lot of bribery. And yeah. um, there's lots of different nationalities coming in. And, yeah, it, it wasn't good. And I couldn't see how I could sustain a long-term business there. Yeah. They kept changing the law as well. It was quite unstable. So at one point, they changed the law where foreigners couldn't sell a house if they, you know, so... Yeah. Things kept really changing. Then we needed to have certain permits. And then the final straw was this last project I did. They said I had to get the signature of everybody in the area to agree to to the usage permit, the usage permit being being able to use it as a residence. Um, And again, I fought through that. And in the end, I had to to leave Montenegro, which I loved, and come back and leave that asset there all the cash tied up it's a complete there's no mortgages there everything was cash and um come back to the uk and start again yeah so you moved you moved back to the uk so you ran away from the mafia moved back to the uk um and um you know what what did you do you had no had no money you got I mean, was it all tied two, up in two that children house? by now yeah it it was awful. There's no other way to put it, really. Um, you, you've gone to live your dream, make your dream, which is what I did. But no one really tells you what to do when the dream doesn't work out. Um, and also, this was having major, major problems in my marriage as well. So that everything was falling apart, really. Yeah. Um, to arrive back in the UK with one suitcase 
two small children, no money, mm. and a husband you're just not getting along with. I would mm. say it's like a really bad day. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, how am I going to do this? I didn't, I didn't want to be in the UK. Mm. Right. Um, I, you know, my plan was to live abroad. There were so many things I loved about it. And we ended up back in West Sussex, um, living in a tiny apartment above a burger bar. The lady downstairs, she bred chihuahuas, and there was was 16 chihuahuas sharing the stairwell with me, and they were pooing all over the place, and I actually felt like, like, am I in a dream? Like, is it a bad dream? You know, know, those first few weeks, I think, this can't be real. You know, I was on super yachts, like, you know, my kids were in private school, and the first day my son back in state school he said well where's my teacher because he'd, he'd had his own teacher yeah uh, <laughs> so I'm afraid you're shit yeah he said yeah what, what are all these children doing in, my, in our room she's like well let's go and sit at your desk what are you talking about yes. so um, it was just and not just that I think um, it's just broken dreams broken heart broken everything yeah. and um I felt it was really bad. I went into quite a stage of, of depression, I would say. Mm. Um, I would call it a bit, a lot, quite a lot of self pity was going on, really. Like, oh my God, how has this happened to me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then my mother died the week I came back oh. by accident. Oh, no. I say by accident, she'd had an accident. No. So that all happened. So um, my family didn't really know any of this. Um, I went back to Ireland. I borrowed 100 euros off my brother and told him that my bank card wasn't working because I had no money to buy anything to wear to a funeral. And I'm quite a spiritual person, I'm quite religious, and I'm thinking, my God, right now my mother's the only person who knows what's going on in my life. Yeah. And um, I came back back to the UK and um, tried to start again, went through quite a low period, and then I this is where I went from I've got this saying was like I went from owning a palace to becoming a waitress and my first yeah my first night waitressing eight pounds an hour I'd lied as well I wasn't even qualified to be a waitress so it was fine dining and I was there in a black you know black skirt white blouse and I'm thinking like someone's going to say cut this is like a film I'm not this isn't happening to me this is not my life how am I going to do this and um, and the first people the second table that came in was this couple with a girl she had a scarf on and the maitre d said she's she's terminally ill and this girl was maybe 20 21 22 and it it shocked me and it it changed my life I feel because I found, oh my God, what am I moaning about? Mm. Aren't I lucky yeah. I can be a waitress? Aren't I lucky I, I'm always someone who's a worker? I can turn my hand to anything. I, I can sort this out. And um, I went home that night and I just sat on my kid's bed and I just cried and cried mm. because I just thought, look at how healthy they are. They, yeah. I gave, like, they had the, one of their last favorite meals with their daughter. And I'm here complaining because, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm not. You know, I'm not sitting having the beautiful meal. I'm serving the meal. So I turn my life around by finding gratitude and listening to YouTube and listening to lots of positive stuff and be, and getting rid of the negatives and replacing them day by day with positives. And it, it was day by day, hour by hour. It took a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I was waitressing in the evenings. I was 
baking for farmers markets at weekends. Yeah. I was PA in the morning to a man who was a horrible man, but I was PA to him mm-hmm. for more. And then um, <laughs> no, it's probably not. Anyway, and then on the afternoons, I would uh, offer my services to a big developer in the area for free, and I was managing on-site developments for free, yeah. basically. Um, because that was the only way I could try and get back in. I had no real history in the UK, yeah. and um, and that's what I did. I went to free seminars, and I just worked and just, you know, got myself back and just started feeling more positive, and, you know, that that's it. You know, there's, there's lots of free courses out there. There's lots of things you can listen to, mm-hmm. especially in property now, and um, none of that was there before I went away, yeah. and so that's it. I crawled myself back up into being able to three years ago go back full-time into property Mm. um and yeah so so yeah I I guess I'm proud of that but also I'm proud Mm. that I UK gave me a a chance to do that again and a lot of countries you can't yeah um so yeah so that's how I got back (laughs) back yeah yeah and what so what was the first um property then that you you bought um once you were back in the UK um, yeah, well, I started looking up in the northwest because the properties in the south um, are just were just too expensive. Yeah. So I did a few creative deals with um, retiring landlords, mm-hmm. um, which was a bit like um, so. I've acquired fourteen um, fourteen properties in uh, three years. Wow! Um, and yeah that's yeah not bad and um i've also done a lot of interior yeah i know yeah. <laughs> i've done none of them are palaces though they're you know if i stuck them all together probably wouldn't do the same size and um and yeah so i just did things like um like a lady was wanted to sell her property it was 55k up north i said to her listen i'll buy it but I, I don't want to pay, you know, I don't, so if you want to invest into my other business or another property, so I did really creative ways of buying stuff, mm-hmm. or I took over a portfolio and sold off a few things for them, which then gave me the cash to buy them, and so, yeah, just, mm-hmm. just, and I've done them to rents as well, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've done, you know, I do the, my own interiors for people, uh, for property companies and that, yeah. so I don't, I don't ever want to be, in, and I've got, a financial trading business so I don't want to be in a position again where all my eggs are in one basket which is what happened to me abroad yeah. um, so now as you said which you guys are huge advocates of it's about the financial freedom mm. and really having streams of income coming from different places Definitely. and cash flow in, in Montenegro there was no cash flow there was the big yeah. payout yeah. and then you were no idea when something was going to hit again yeah. so um i've learned all that really and um but yeah so currently i just have property in the northwest my next thing now is to start buying down in the south yeah. um and working with investors down here and just expanding my um interior business and um yeah and just also speaking and inspiring people to not give up and to mm. Definitely. To build new dreams when their old ones didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So talk, you know, talk us through one of these creative property deals that you've done. You know, it's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Okay. So, um, so if I take an example of that, the house was fifty-five k. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a small four-bed multi-let. Mm-hmm. Um, it was up in Lancashire. 
Um, I wanted to buy it for 50k. Yeah. Um, she wanted 55, and so I said, okay, well, what we'll do is, is when the value has come, if they value it at 55, you can have 55. Yeah. So it's always a really good strategy to give what you feel they feel good they've had market value. Yeah. So um, so that was a 13 and a half thousand pound deposit. Um, it was cash flowing well because the four rooms were rented at 75 pounds per room. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have all the figures on me, sorry, but I can put that up later That's if okay. you want. That's okay. And, yeah. and, um, and so, yeah, so I went ahead, purchased that, it valued at 55. It was already tenanted. Um, and then when I got in, I did a refurb on it. Not a huge refurb, if I'm really honest. Yeah. And I bought that. And that was one I bought in 2018. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just put it up for sale because I was like, oh, do you know what? I might sell that now. Yeah. So uh, it's actually valued. It's going through at 97000 Nice. And I bought it in 2018. Right. And I've spent maybe two and a half thousand on it because I brand properties. Yes. So a value of going in there is going, yeah, this definitely looks like a multi-let house. This doesn't look like a family home. Yeah. So I think that there's kind of got that psychological part to it. So yeah. um, so even the lawyers and that are coming back and going, whoa, how come that you bought it for 55 and now it's worth 97? How are you doing that? <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that money will come out and I'll reinvest that somewhere else, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's still tenanted and um, it's called a mini-mo, mm. as you yeah. know, mini-mo. Yeah. And, um, obviously, those kind of houses cash flow much better than a single let. Sure. And um, also, if you've got a problem with a tenant in one of the rooms or they leave, you'll still, you know, I can still have two rooms empty in that yeah. property yeah. and still making money. Yeah. Uh, so... I think it's a great model, really. I think small mini-mos are really good, and actually tenants in small mini-mos stay longer than in these much larger yeah. eight-bed. Yeah. It's, it's so, a um, person, isn't it, that's looking for yeah. that? Yes, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, you tend to, they just tend to settle in, and there's only four of them, and then they stay for much longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so I've done that kind of thing. Um, if I take a commercial conversion, which is taking a um, nursing home yeah. um, and turn that into six apartments wow. and that's quite a nice one that's that's a very nice building um, again that cost I think 150000 to do the refurb which was quite low but mm. I can um, I break up the trades and I'm able to I suppose one of my great skills is, is being on site supervising mm. on site I can even do I delivered eight projects last year from a distance, so I can even I can do it even from a distance. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, so yeah, so that's now each apartment rents for maybe I think it's four fifty to five hundred pounds. Nice. I only take on people over thirty five who. So I'm really kind of choosy, much more choosy now, and who I'm putting into places. Yeah. And um, I'll only rent to people who align with my values and actually want to work and have a job and you know pay the rent basically <laughs> 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 rent on time um it's not that people don't have, have things coming up in their lives um but yeah i think it's it's really important to to really know who you want to rent to and create a product to suit them yeah. so so yeah so the six beds is now worth about 400k that large property mm-hmm. it was bought at auction for i think 100 
110 it was mm-hmm. uh, we put 150 into it so yeah there's, there's good equity in that that's, a, that's actually probably gone up now that was valued last year at 400k yeah. we were having massive price increases here in the UK at the minute as we know so yeah. Yeah. So, Mary, tell us about the um, property consciousness movement. What We're is, very what curious. Is, yeah, what is that? <laughs> I, did, I did. Yeah, I did make it up. I'll be honest. The <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's because I could never understand why I wasn't like because in property, especially developers and stuff. It's all about the money, isn't it? It's all about the numbers, the money, this, that. And that just was never me. My heart and soul was more in the property, in um, providing beautiful spaces, and really thinking how people are going to use them and what would be best for the property. Um, And so I used to think, actually, I don't think I'm very good at property because... If I did do, you know, if I follow what certain people would tell me, yeah, I'd have more properties. I yeah, I'd have more zeros in my bank account probably. Yeah. But I can't do it. I can't physically do that because it doesn't feel right. Yeah. So for me, property consciousness is it's all about integrity, mm. and it starts with the property. So. Um, which is probably going back to things like the palace. You know, I didn't think it'd be right to split it up. Yeah. Um, it's to do with um, what you're building now. Like, I really need to, obviously, eco-building, passive house. Why aren't we creating um, passive... Why aren't our children growing up in passive houses? Yeah. Why are, you know... So there's just so many issues around property consciousness. And it's about what you're developing, who's going to live in it, and um, it's basically to do with Mother Earth. We have to now, we're in a time of massive change. Mm-hmm. And I feel we have this whole new wave of people coming into property. And we are really into the into the integrity of, of our business and what we do. Yeah. Um, and that has to go all the way, right from the start, all the way through to who is going to be using that. Um, and also, I'm quite spiritual as well. So there may be some spiritual things coming out from certain properties or what have you. Um, and also, yeah, so, so that's it really. Um, and I, I, I mean, it's quite a huge area to be honest. It covers a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I refuse to pay bribes. I don't agree with black books under tables in, in, in estate agents. I think yeah. there should, you know, I think there should be different levels of investors and that means they get access to different things, but I think it needs to be a lot more upfront really, to be honest. Mm. And, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's that really. In, in a nutshell right. and um, I'm, I'm majorly into consciousness and being consciously aware of what you're doing yeah. and that's why I called it property consciousness yeah. because it's a movement of people who align with the same values as myself yeah. in property yeah yeah, yeah. well no, um, I mean that resonates with us because I mean you know there are people who take advantage of people hmm. um, in property and obviously you know you you want to approach it from an extent to a numbers point of view because mm-hmm. there's no point doing something and losing your shirt yeah. but it can be done in a way which is fair to the seller mm-hmm. and it's fair to you and it's fair to whoever's going to end up living in your house or buying your house Definitely. you know you, you don't need to scrabble every last penny mm-hmm. you know it can be done in a way that makes everybody feel good and walk away you know happy at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know we we really push that message ourselves as well yeah. because you know we're ethical people we're operating in a an area where you know you're really impacting people's lives yeah really you know so 
Good. I'm glad you also feel the same way, Mary. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can join your team. That's it. And Mary, yeah, let's... Mary, I know that you're quite passionate about mindset as well. So um, yeah. what, what is it about mindset? If you could sort of say oh. it in, a, in one, minute, um, oh, one why, minute, why is it important to you? Um, everything is mindset, basically. And um, it's about always choosing positivity. It doesn't come to us naturally. It's living a life from a place of gratitude yeah. Um, and living in life where all you see is opportunities and literally we are so lucky in this country with yeah. so much opportunity um, and there's so many people can get into property and grow property businesses. I'm a living example of what can be done. There's no excuses. I've done all this and raised young kids at the same time. Yeah. There is no excuses. Everything is, you must take action in your life. Yeah. Um, but you must bring positivity to everything you do, and that will reflect out, and that will create more. So um, you've got to work on mindset. Two hours a day, at least, I'm spending on mindset. <laughs> the reason I'm running 7K a day, mm-hmm. um, especially what I've come through in the last year, mm. mindset is, positive mindset takes work, you know. Yeah, it, it's definitely. getting abs internally, that's what I call it. So, um, but, it, you know, it's it's the only way to go, really, positive mental health, and also being really honest and upfront with how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say, oh, I'm feeling down, depressed, whatever. I'll be really honest how I'm feeling, and we need to just... Yeah, we just need a lot more honesty in our lives, you know. Um, a lot of people think, oh, I'm in poverty, so I've got to act really, like, honest, like, not really positive, like, yeah. everything's so easy. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's a really difficult industry. Yeah. Um, you, you ha- but it really helps when you're honest because other people can be honest as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I love anything to do with mindset. But you guys are massive advocates of this we too, are, so, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so just i just want to say thank thank you so much mary for coming on the show um what's what's the best way for people to follow you or get in contact with you yeah um well you can contact me on facebook mary cullen c-u-l-l-e-n uh my uh business is called gold prime property um, www.goldprimeproperty.com mm-hmm. um, or just message me through Facebook I'm on Instagram I think it's called It's Mary Time <laughs> <laughs> Great we'll check that out Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys thank you for the opportunity I've re- like I, I really love you guys so and everything you do so thank you so oh, much for inviting me on thank here you. thank you thank you Mary I appreciate so, that thank, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you all next week okay, bye bye